Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, church family. It is so good to be together on this second Sunday of Advent. I honestly can't believe that we're here already, only 16 days away from Christmas. Um, I was talking with some of you before the service, and it sounds like a lot of you are ready for this. You've prepared well, and you feel like ready for Christmas to come. So that's good. You're doing well. (laughs) This year, we're going through a daily Advent devotional together. Pastor Rob um, showed it to the kids there. I'm sure um, that we all have different rhythms to our day, and maybe there are some who are doing their readings before supper or in the evening or at some different time than I do, but I've been reading it each morning as I eat my breakfast, and in addition to the great scripture passages that have been chosen and corresponding devotional reflections and questions to ponder throughout the day, I loved thinking about all of us doing this together reading those same words and passages. Um, and so, as I've, as I've done my readings and thought about us doing this together, it actually caused me to pray even more for us together, to take time during my prayer times, to pray for our church family um, and each one of you. I love the unifying aspect of this. Um, so even though week number one is already finished, Um, We do still have a few copies available if you didn't pick one up last week but would like to join us in our Advent readings. So I I saw that Katie actually has them all right here, all the extra ones. So if you didn't get one, see Katie, 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 after the service, and she can get you one. (laughs) Um, The season of Advent is often referred to as a time of waiting. We remember the waiting and longing and cries of Israel as they called out to God for deliverance. And we remember that God heard their cries. And when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might become his children. The word became flesh. During the Advent season, we often focus primarily on the events of that very first Christmas, Jesus Christ entering into his creation as a tiny human baby in a manger, which, if you really think about it, is a pretty crazy plan. I loved Sam's comments last week during the baby dedication about how becoming a father and having little baby Ella in his care has highlighted for him just how vulnerable God made himself in entering his creation in the form of a baby, having to fully trust humanity, his fallen creation, to care for and protect and raise his only son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is an equal member of the triune God, fully God and yet somehow also fully human. It really is mind-blowing to think about this plan he had to show us just how great his love is and bring us back to a place of shalom, a place of peace with him. This is what we remember and celebrate every year on December 25th. But as Christians, Advent, this time of waiting, is layered. There is a second side to Advent, 
because the church today is in a similar situation to Israel at the end of the Old Testament, in exile, waiting and hoping in prayerful expectation of the coming Lord. During Advent, we, the church, look back upon and celebrate Christ's coming, while at the same time looking forward in eager expectation of the coming of Christ's kingdom in all of its fullness when he returns. We do this because we recognize that even as redeemed people, having accepted the grace and forgiveness and love of God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are still living as broken people in a broken world. And we long for the day when Christ returns and makes all things right. In Revelation 21, John tells us about a prophetic vision he had that describes this fulfilled kingdom of God. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a beautiful bride dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice call from the throne, saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children." I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty amazing and beautiful to me. And when I watch the news and see the heartache and destruction in this world, as I get to know people and hear of the broken relationships and abuse they've experienced, as we all continue to feel the impact of sickness, pain, and death, it makes me long for that day when everything will be made right again. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The kingdom of God, the way that the world should be, is out there, and it's making ground, but so is the way that the world shouldn't be. We live in this uneasy tension of the kingdom being present and yet sometimes so hard to find. So we wait. We wait for Christ to return and the kingdom to be fully realized. We wait for the kingdom of God to be fully here. We're in the annual four-week season of Advent that is part of the church calendar, but we're also in a much longer 2,000-year season of Advent as we wait for the glorious day of Christ's return. The promise for both Israel and for the church is and always has been that Jesus is Jesus Christ. He has come, and he will come again. This is the essence of Advent. And so we wait. 
I'm not sure that there's ever been a time in the history of humanity when the act of having to wait for something was highly valued or looked forward to. But in our fast-paced culture that values effective time management and maximum productivity that allows us to fit just one more activity into our day, the act of having to just wait is particularly hard. As a result, we've found ways to minimize the time we have to spend waiting. The internet and modern technology is a huge time saver. Services like Skip the Dishes let you eat from your favorite restaurants without even having to take a break from what you're doing. You can order groceries online, and Starbucks mobile order and pay option lets you avoid the line altogether. Just walk right in and pick up your drink, right, Julie? <laughs> Um, and yet, for all of our efforts and modern conveniences, we often still find ourselves having to wait, having to be home between the hours of 8 and 3 to wait for a service provider, long wakes, waits at the doctor's office for an appointment, waiting for an hour in line at Service Ontario just to find out you're at the wrong location and have to start all over again in an even longer line. Uh, one of my nieces just turned 16. Any almost 16-year-olds out here? Um, as she was anticipating being able to get her driver's license, she expressed that it felt like her birthday would never come. Um, maybe your retirement is on the horizon just up ahead, and yet these last couple of years or months are seeming to drag on forever. I mean, maybe you're sitting here right now thinking, my goodness, will this sermon ever end? <laughs> um, this may be a silly example, but I do not enjoy cooking pasta, little known fact. Um, and the reason I don't like cooking pasta is because my mom would often ask me to cook it for our family dinners when I was a child, and the instructions given to me were that I had to stand there, wait until the pot boiled, put the pasta in, and stir it until it was cooked. I know that the entire process probably took under 20 minutes, but I hated it. And it wasn't until I was an adult living on my own that I realized you don't actually have to stand there watching and stirring the entire time. So to be fair to my mother, I'm sure that her instructions came to me out of experience of having asked one of my siblings to do it and then forgetting about it on the stove, causing a small kitchen disaster. But to this day, I do not enjoy cooking pasta because of the experience of having to watch and wait. In his book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, children's author Dr. Seuss describes waiting. He says, you can get so confused that you'll start into the race down long wiggled roads at a breaknecking pace and grind on for miles across weirdish wild space headed, I fear, toward a most useless place, the waiting place. For people just waiting waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting, waiting for the fish to bite, waiting for the wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, 
or a pair of pants or a wig with curls or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. I think we can all agree that waiting is frustrating. We are really not great at waiting. So how do we approach a season like Advent that is all about waiting, and how do we do it well? Remembering the waiting of Israel so long ago as they cried out and longed for the promised Messiah, and recognizing that we're also in a long period of waiting as we cry out and long for Christ's return and his kingdom to be fulfilled. Come, Lord Jesus, come. How do we wait well? I think a big part of waiting well is understanding that our waiting isn't meant to be passive. We aren't meant to give our lives to Jesus and then just sit around twiddling our thumbs as we wait until the day Christ returns or calls us home. Our waiting is meant to be active, working to further God's kingdom in his absence, being ambassadors of his grace, calling people to repentance and wholeness in Christ. In Matthew 28, we read the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before his ascension, and they most certainly were not, wait right there, I'll be right back. (laughs) He tells them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. In his absence, Jesus left his followers. He left us with the task of continuing his work, the work that he had begun. To keep working toward building his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven while we wait for his return. At this point, it's been over 2,000 years. That is a really long wait. But Peter explains that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Our Lord's patience means salvation. We are to prepare the way for, the, for Christ, the way that John the Baptist did so long ago, when he fulfilled the words of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah spoke of making straight highways, of lifting up valleys, of lowering mountains and hills, of smoothing rough places. Historically, this is how the way would be prepared for great kings and rulers, providing ease of travel as they visited and went about their kingdoms and territories. John's work and message wasn't to physically prepare the landscape for a great earthly ruler. It was to prepare the hearts of the people for their Messiah and Lord. John tells the people, repent, feel remorse for your sins and complacency, and produce fruit. Start working for righteousness and justice in your lives, because the Messiah is coming. And he says, don't count on your heritage of faith. The fact that you call Abraham your father to save you, no, repent and start actively living your lives for God in the everyday practical areas of your life. He says, if you have two coats, give one to the one who doesn't have any. Feed the ones who don't have food to eat. Treat people justly and kindly. Don't take advantage of people. 
He calls them to repentance, to turn from their broken, selfish, and complacent ways, to come back to the God who loves them and live their lives in a way that honors him. He makes them ready for the arrival of Christ. John is not someone who passively waits for Jesus to arrive. He anticipates the coming of the Lord, and he acts. John claims no special status. He's not the Messiah. He's merely a witness. And called to be a witness, John testifies to the light. John is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness to prepare the way for the Lord. He knows that God has promised to provide salvation through the Messiah, and rather than just passively waiting around for him to show up, John actively does what he can to prepare, hoping and trusting and praying that one day soon the Messiah will indeed come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We wait. Like John, each one of us is a witness to Christ, who has promised to return and make all things right. Living as his follower and witness requires more from us than just opening a new day on an Advent calendar or shopping for presents, waiting for Christmas Day to arrive. Advent calls us to prepare, to transform the landscape of the world we live in, in preparation, in anticipation of the Lord. We wait. And we learn what it looks like to wait well. Here's what Jesus says about waiting from Mark 13. He says, But that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven or the sun, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Blessed is the one who is found working when the master arrives. Let's not be idle and passive. Let's be active, already about the master's work, advancing God's kingdom while we wait for his return and, and make the, to make the final move. Let's be a people and a community just bursting in preparation for God's promised return to be fulfilled. People preparing because God asks us to and because we want to be prepared for that day that he returns. We want to be ready. We want to be fully, we want to fully experience everything that there is about it. We don't want to be asleep. Jesus' instructions were clear. Go, make disciples, baptize them, share my love with them, bring them into my family, my community, teach them to obey everything I taught and commanded you. Teach them to love God above all else, with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, with everything that's inside of them, and teach them to love others the way that God loves This is how we prepare and wait well. We wait well by loving God and loving others and teaching them to do the same. Who are the people in your life that God is calling you to love? Where are the areas of brokenness in this world that God is calling you to bring healing to? What is the assigned task that God has given to you, the good works prepared in advance for you? 
While we wait, let's also be sensitive to the signs and movements of God's promise. Jesus' followers had to change and be shaped by that promise because no one was ever expecting God's promise to come as a baby to a young woman from a tiny village in a manger with a bunch of animals around. They weren't expecting God's promise to be a carpenter's son who taught with authority they had never heard before, but whose message threatened the religious thinking and leaders of the time. They weren't expecting God's promise to be beaten and then crucified on a cross. But his true believers and followers were attentive to the movements and what was happening around them, and they had the humility to change their understanding. They were able to see where God was moving and what he was doing. Their waiting and preparing consisted of them listening and being aware of how they should live. God calls us to be active in our waiting by continuing his work in preparation of his return. How are you preparing for Christ this Advent season? How are we as a church preparing for Christ? The Apostle Paul encouraged the believers in Corinth And he said to them, he said, Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. You don't lack anything. You have everything that you need to wait and wait well. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's wait well. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Bow with me in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are the Lord and creator of all things, that you created the universe and everything in it, that you created each one of us. And God, I thank you that when we turn away from you, you don't turn away from us. You actually reach towards us. And God, you entered into your own creation so that you could do exactly that, so that you could reach towards us, so that you could make the way for us to have perfect peace with you. And so, God, we thank you for that. We thank you that, Jesus, you came and you lived and you died and you rose again. We thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are at work in this world even now, drawing hearts to you and empowering us to do your work and to live in the way that you call us to live. And, God, just like you came so long ago, You fulfilled your promise. God, we know that you will return and complete the work that you have begun, that that all things will be made right. And so, God, we, we long for that day. We long for the day that you return or the day that you call us home. And God, in our longing and in our waiting and in our, our crying out to you, yeah, we, we commit to doing the task and the role that you have left for us to do. And so, God, for each one of my brothers and sisters here this morning, as, as we live out these, these 16 days leading up to Christmas, I pray that it would be on our hearts, that we would take seriously your call on us to prepare and to live out your, your truth and your love in this world. God, make us aware of the people in our lives that you call us to love, 
of the the broken places that you call us to be your healing and your light in. God, I pray that in our places of work, in our families, in our neighborhoods, that we would be your light, that we would be preparing the way for your return. And yeah, like Peter said, you're not slow in coming. You, you, yeah, you're waiting in returning is is salvation and so god i pray that you would make us your vessels that we would be your ambassadors that we would do everything within our power to walk in faithfulness to you and to prepare the way for you god we thank you that you will return and god we cry out and we say come lord jesus come in your holy name listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.